Yeah, well, Andy, one of the elders of this church, well, great yeah, to see you. I don't know who I am. Um, I don't know if you, uh, I'm going to try something different today, so I'm going to ask you for some grace uh, as I try and do something a bit different in the way in which I'm going to preach. I don't know if you um, knew this, but we, uh, when we moved into our house before, uh, we moved in with a lot of people at the same time. We used to do like neighborhood meals, um, and those neighborhood meals were when everyone would bring part of the meal. So someone would bring a starter, someone would bring a main course. Uh, so, uh, and we used to do this quite regularly, it's kind of how we got to know our neighbours. But one of the things I want to sort of, uh, imagine what it's like if you, you do, does anyone do that? Everyone bring a, a, a part of the meal? If you were to, yeah, so if you were to do that, and the people who are due to do the main course, um, they turn up and they say, well, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a busy week. Uh, hope you got a big start because we just didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. And then do another meal, and they're the same. It's, you make a mistake and you make them the main course couple again, and um, you do exactly the same thing, and they turn up and they go, oh, you know what? It was it was another tough, rough week, and um, again, no main course. I hope that soup has got bits in it. You know, so that would kind of create. And, and they say, oh, oh, by the way, I hope it is a good start because I'm really hungry. You're like, hang on a second, you're hungry and you're not bringing your bit of the the meal, and that kind of it's so lined up with what um, what Tom was bringing just then um, that this idea that and I think it reflects a misunderstanding of church and it's one I keep um, hearing and seeing I think it's a cultural thing um, in the terms of the way that we think nowadays but also I think it's been happening for many years it's been happening in the church uh, and it's a misunderstanding of what it means to be what we hope to be which is a spirit-filled church that's what we're looking to be that's what we're hoping we, if you wanted, I was going to come up and do Aaron last week did a uh, put some grey hair and did a vision in 20 years time I nearly put a bald cap on and came up today and did the same thing <laughs> but I'm 73 I probably won't have any hair left um, but I do sense that you know, if you're asking me where do I want us to go whether I say look a year or five years or ten years time it would be this that we would be a spirit filled church um, and so and that means charismatic if you don't know what that term means it always sounds like charisma or it's not really that, it's the, 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 the Spirit is active amongst us and we're seeing things happening. There are things happening because the Spirit is happening. It's not happening because we've come together on a Sunday and we've whipped ourselves up into a frenzy. It's because exactly what Tom was saying, which is we're, we're, we're pursuing Him daily. And when we come together on a Sunday, um, as Simon Wall Wilson said when we were together uh, on Friday, it kind of, when, I do, when I do spend time with God on a Sunday, it tends to leak out. I think that's quite a nice analogy. Can you come here on a Sunday, guys, and please leak out amongst the body of Christ? Amen? All right, so um, we're going to use um, a very well-known scripture. Uh, it's a well, chunk of scripture. It's 1 Corinthians. We're going to go between 12 and 14. So if you have a Bible or an app, please get it there, uh, because we'll probably ask you to keep it open, because uh, I want you to keep looking at it, because there's lots of bits and pieces that I feel like they're coming out. Um, but first thing I want you to know, um, I'm going to use three books, by the way, and two of them um, Aaron recommended when he did a similar part of this series. Um, I'm using Terry Virgo, who, who's the guy who kind of started this entire church movement we're part of, New Frontiers. Great sort of story, but that's a spirit-filled church. Um, quite a deeper book, but, but still good, The Spirit and the Sacrament by Andrew Wilson. I'll also send a link out to a great talk he did on this. Uh, and this one, uh, Gordon Fee, I'm using one called Paul, the Spirit, and the People of God. Um, so I've done a lot of reading this week. And I'm going to start with a, a quote from uh, Fee, from his book, um, before I read to you this sort of section of Corinthians. Here's the sample. 
So let's talk about Paul here. If you don't know who Paul is, Paul writes uh, a lot of the New Testament, the letters of the New Testament, sorry, it's written by Paul. He's writing to churches. And just so you know, a lot of the time when Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit, he's often trying to bring a bit of guidance. He's trying to correct. He's not selling it. Uh, and this is what I'm going to read from Fee's uh, book. Paul's affirmations about miracles, so the Holy Spirit being manifested, are not statements of one who is trying to prove anything. That is, that is, he does not point to miracles as grounds for accepting either his gospel or his ministry. On the contrary, he rejects such criteria as authenticating ministry of any kind. The cross, with the subsequent resurrection, so Jesus dying on the cross and him being raised to life, and then the present gift of the Holy Spirit are all the authentication he ever appeals to. Those who need an occasional miracle to keep their belief in God alive and those who feeds on such faith by promoting the miraculous as authenticating their gospel also lie outside of Paul's perspective. What he's saying there is if, you, if you're looking for the miracles and the, the outworkings of the Holy Spirit as authentication, as proof he's amongst you, that's not what Paul's saying. He expects it to just be there anyway. What he's saying is you need to kind of sometimes manage it a bit. And, and sometimes you have to manage the chaos that it creates. This morning, in a way, I was managing, uh, it wasn't chaos, but uh, it wasn't a big queue, but I had to manage what was going on just to make sure that what was being brought was okay. So everyone's whispering in my ear, and I'm thinking, that's fine. I mean, I could have done a bit more perhaps, and kind of, especially what uh, Phil brought, his kind of thing, we'll probably build on that later. But, but I'm trying to manage what God is doing, and it's good to have people contribute this morning. But Paul assumes that the Spirit is doing things. That's what he assumes the church would be like. He's just looking to guide us. And I'll also read a, a little bit just to up front. This. this is from Andrew Wilson's book, The Spirit and the Sacrament. Um, what, what he says is, the early church was charismatic, a charismatic community. Of that, there can be no doubt. From the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit comes down, the tongues of fire, and then it's breathed out over all flesh, from the day of Pentecost onward, the book of Acts is a story of spirit baptism, speaking another language, prophesying, healing, casting out demons, angelic encounters, miraculous prison breaks, visions, dreams, evangelistic <coughs> preaching, building shaking, the dead being supernaturally brought to life, and on occasion, the living being supernaturally brought to death, boldness in the face of persecution, joy, and even teleportation. But the point is that it was a charismatic community, and stuff was going on. Things were happening. So as I uh, read into um, 1 Corinthians, so if you want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read 4 to 11. This is a very familiar scripture. Okay, We've, Most of us know it. Most of us have read it. Um, Corinthians is a well-thumbed section of my Bible, at least. I'm sure it is of yours. Um, but I pray, I really have prayed a lot this week uh, in preparing for this, that there is revelation in this for you. Whether you know it or not, whether you've heard it many times, I pray that something's coming out that's different from how you've read it in the past. And if you know it backwards and say, I could literally quote that to you. In fact, Andy, I could speak, I could tell you it in the Greek. That's great news, but we want to make sure that we don't just know it, that it's actually happening in our lives. And so we're going to read that together. So this is 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's there, 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them in all in everyone. 
To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Amazing. Now, um, we love a list. We love lists. There's something about us. I don't know if it's a, a European, Western thing. I don't know. I don't know enough of other countries. But there's something in me that we love lists. It isn't hard to get ten of everything. You know, top ten ways to, to brush your teeth. I guarantee you, if you Google it, please don't. I'm trying to preach here. But if you were to Google top ten ways to brush your teeth, I guarantee you there's a list. And we love our lists. And, and in fact, they, many have decided there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they will list those nine. And we will stick them on our fridge magnets and we will have them on cups because there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are, I think, is it nine fruits of the Spirit? Similar thing, there is a list and you can get that list and all you do is type list of list the Holy Spirit and you will get this stuff splattered all over your internet. That's what you're going to see. But here's the thing. If you um, think about the Holy Spirit as a list, I think we're wrong. Uh, and that's what's been kind of important to me as I kind of went This idea that um, you should be one, able to do one of those nine, and which one would you like? Which one are you going to go for? Are you going to go for prophecy? Are you going to go for wisdom? Are you going to go for knowledge? Are you going to go for here? Which one have you got? Which one have you got? Have you got one? Could you tell me? You know, can you give me your, can you get a t-shirt? Can you know? So when you walk in church, you say, I'm, I'm prophecy. Okay, I'm healing. Yeah, okay, so we know who you are, because it's really important that you would pick one from the list. That's not actually what I believe, and certainly what I've been studying and praying into, Paul is trying to say. He's trying to say that there is, if the Spirit is in you, and the Spirit is active at work, and by the way, the Spirit is always active and at work. You don't ask him to wake up this morning, would you mind coming? He's already here. He's poured out over all flesh. I had a word this morning as I was praying about God's breath. You know, the word that we often use, rock, spirit, wind of God, breath. It's not, it's, it's breathing. It's always active and blowing. And I had this word, God said, I ain't stopped breathing. I'm still breathing. It's just sometimes you can't feel my breath. But I'm still breathing. Thank the Lord, he's not dead, hey? He's still breathing. God is still breathing his breath over us. But when he is breathing, and when we are, we, when we are trying to, and I, I don't want this to be a pressure thing, it wants to be a desire thing. I want to feel where his breath is blowing. I want to know what the Spirit's trying to say. If we're living like that, then come Sunday, it's like, you know what? I've been praying this week, and I've got something. I've got something to bring. Because I'm picking up on the breath of God. So this idea of manifestation is not a list of nine to pick up menu. It's if the Spirit is in you, these sorts of things are going to be happening. And then they're, they're kind of more like three categories. There's categories of service, like there's talk about service, there's categories of like the miraculous happening, healing, and there's categories of utterances, of inspired, I can hear. And what was being said this morning as a picture from Phil is saying, God's giving you something. Now, pictures aren't listed. So is he a heretic? He's graduated LST, so I blame Matt Neller if he is. <laughs> he's not a heretic, he's just saying, the Spirit has done something, and I've seen a picture. 
Now, if you go into other parts of the Bible, dreaming, dreams, seeing visions, the, the manifestations of the Spirit don't think you're supposed to hit one of the list. You're just desiring that the Spirit in you will start to, you will start to see things or feel things or sense things or serve in a way that isn't natural to you, but something supernatural has started to happen. So this idea of manifestation is the important thing. Um, going back to my fee book. We were a before you as well. Yeah. So this is what he says. The items, I mean, it's funny to call the gifts of the Spirit the items. The items in, in, uh, in 12 <coughs> to 10 are called manifestations of the Spirit, which in context just means different ways the Spirit shows himself when the community is gathered together. Paul's point here is that the community has a need for diversity, that we want to see the Spirit acting in us in many different ways. Wilson, in his book, says it even more casually. He just says, what Paul's giving you is just a bunch of examples. So we've been obsessed with this list, which one have you got? And he's saying, doesn't matter. It's a bunch of examples of what happens when the Spirit is active amongst us. So we must not wait to see what is the Spirit going to deliver on a Sunday. Which one of the nine might I get? We are simply looking to see, is the Spirit manifest in us in any way? So the nine are a good guide. They're the types of things that will happen when the Spirit is active amongst us as a church. But not just those. How I teach, how I preach right now, is very much dependent on the Spirit. Because just so you know, I get paid, not by the church by the way, just to be clear, I get paid to go and speak internationally. I fly all around the world often to spend one day with a leadership team. I've been to Australia twice to spend one day with a leadership team to speak to them about my background, which is all about continuous improvement in industry. I am a gifted speaker. I'm pretty good at it. I would say I'm a gifted presenter. I'm quite good at it. So I can talk get up here and talk about any other nonsense and be relatively engaging. But I don't want that. And you don't need that. You need something more. You need the Spirit to be active in me so that what happens on a Sunday is far more than a good talk. Amen. Never, I've told people before, so never come up to me after a preacher and go, can you talk? I will probably slap you. <laughs> if not in my mind, with my physical hands. I, I'm not here to give a good talk. I'm here, hopefully, enabled by the Spirit to see something transformed in you because in preparing, I was being transformed by what I'm looking at. What I'm trying to do is share that. Please, Lord, use me in some way to communicate something, but by your spirit do a work in us. Amen. When Jimmy and Claire and the family go back to Burgess Hill, I won't see them much. So what I'm praying is today, impart something to them that they take back to Burgess Hill and they are changed by it. When you go to work Monday, Jerry, that you will be changed by the Holy Spirit and feel different about your job because he's active and working. I want that to be the reality of this stuff. Encouraging one another is an amazing way to see the gifts of the Spirit start to be fruitful. A manifestation, so it can be more broad. Encouraging one another. Mm -hmm. I have got this. This is most of yours, by the way, Jill Wiles. These are all the things that people have sent me over the years. I've got them, I keep them all. They're all the encouragements that I've been sent by people. Little notes, little letters. Half of them are from Jill Wiles. <laughs> which is fantastic but I've got ones here from lots of you and I keep them all and I go back to them I refer back to them because they're encouragements to me I believe that's a work of the spirit I'm motivating you to take time out to write something 
Where's that in the night? Nowhere. It's continuing, that's a manifestation of you going home thinking, I want to write something. And I think that's another way you can, you can do this. You can encourage people because we're here to build one another up. Because the other part you want to see in this uh, is the common good. So he dispenses these manifestations of the Holy Spirit so that you might feel better. No, he, he dispenses them for the common good, for one another. And so, this is the last time I go into it, I'm just going to read this out to you. Because this is the end of this section in this book, and I found this really helpful this book. We may conclude, therefore, that all the evidence points in one direction. For Paul and his churches, the Spirit is key to their understanding of the Christian life from beginning to end. But above all else, the Spirit is experienced and experienced in ways that are essentially powerful and visible. We want to see it when we're together for the common good. For the common good. It's all about the body. The next bit of scripture that comes after this is all about the body. It's about the arms and the hands and the feet and the eyes and all this stuff working together. But then that's led into by these things that the Spirit wants to do and give are for the body. So that's why, why I think what Tom brought was so on point. It's fine that in the week we want to try and sort of work on our own journey. But the desire ultimately, the outworking of that ultimately is that we would see it together as the body. That's what I want us to be praying. How big do you, thank you, Steve, for bringing this up this morning. How big do you want church to be? Because right now we're in danger of being me, myself, and I. Church is me and God, and me trying to work out. Excuse me, God, Frank, you need to go to Christ first. In fact, I didn't even go to church, because I'm church. No, that's not what, if you want the gifts of the Spirit now for the common good, that to see active amongst us. So I think one of the things I think that's hindered us in our journey with the Holy Spirit is that we have started to think about it, it might help me. It might make me feel closer to God. If the Spirit was at work in me, it might work out my issues. Now, there's no question that that well, well will happen. But when you look at this encouragement in this scripture, it's saying this is for the body. This is that you might bring it. Did you come to take it or did you come to bring it? And there's no condemnation in my word. That's not to condemn because I have sometimes come to church to get something. Not to bring something. I've had a rough week, think just get me there on a Sunday, hopefully I'll receive something. And there are periods like that in everyone's life. You may be going through it now. What I'm saying is when you start to pray, <coughs> Holy Spirit, would you start to work in me, then I might start to be able to bring something towards the body. So manifestations are primarily the word, the word in them that um, Corinthians says for the building up of the body. If you look at Ephesians 5, 18 to 21, as another example. This is good, this one, because it gets used to talk about booze, which is all right. Okay, you can talk about alcohol if you want, but if you do, you're missing the key point here. Do not get drunk on wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Therefore, so what happens when I'm filled with the Spirit? I stop drinking lots of wine. No. No, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I will start, we will be addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Examples, by the way, it's not a list. Which one will you do this week? I saw him. I don't know the difference sometimes between those things. The point is that I'm in the spirit. I'm worshiping during the week, and when I come together on a Sunday, you start to see. There's only one person in this church generally who leads out Sunday. It's him. This man and his lovely wife. They will lead you around and worship occasionally. The rest of us, no, because it's Simon's job. It's not Simon's job. 
Simon's job, in fact, reality, probably, hopefully, will be if you start to move a little bit, it's like, okay, what key are they singing in? <laughs> what key has Benny just cracked out the song? Anyone got it? No clue. Ah, oh, forget it, it's just singing out loud. But that's what we want to see. Because we're coming together, because we're getting drunk and we're drinking the spirit, and now I've got song. There's a lady in this church before called Diana Chatterbury. She's not been around for years. She was the same every single Sunday. You just had to work. So if you leave a gap between the songs, she'll start to sing. But be provoked by Tommy. Doing a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song. Making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Giving thanks amongst one another. I think it's great this morning. What yeah, Claire brought, you know, for me was just like so touching to give thanks in front of me. Mum, I'm pretty tough guy, but I was rubbing inside, you know. <laughs> but she's just saying thank you. I mean, that that is to me testimony that it lifts up, it builds up the body. One Corinthians fourteen one to five. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you to also speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. For the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets. So that the church may be built up. This is a landmine, by the way, of argument. You want to go with this one? We have a great big debate about speaking in tongues. Is tongues rubbish then? Paul speaks in tongues all the time, but he does it more privately. This is another example of, look, there are things that are there to build you up. And there are things that are there to build the church up. And I'm telling you, he's saying, look, prophecy is a great example of that. That, when it's brought to church, lifts the church up. Tongues... Sometimes it's just for you personally as you pray to God. And sometimes it's going to be interpreted. But this prophecy stuff is more like the sort of things that we would see in the body because no one needs to be told, it could just be spoken out. He's not trying to fight prophecy versus tongues and say one's better than the other. But they're different, they're different manifestations. So he's saying the person was okay, but let's desire the gifts for the church. And also, the other reason it comes out in the church is because it can then be weighed. So if, uh, I'm not going to pick it on Phil, she's visiting, mate, you're going to get picked on a lot, but you can see it. But Phil comes in and brings this word. If you whisper him, I'm thinking, no, Phil. I could have said, no, mate, snakes, devil. <laughs> you know, I could have, but, but no, I thought, absolutely fine, go bring it. And I trust Phil when he's up there to bring it, you know. But, but, a, but what I want to say about that is that it's not here to judge and filter and say, yeah, it wasn't very really good. Try harder next week and see if it looked right front. That's not what it's there for. It's a safety net for you. It's supposed to be, as a body, we say, if you've got something to bring, you might get it slightly wrong. Don't worry, we'll clear that up. But just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just go for it. Feel free, released amongst this family, to bring things of God. That if you think you've got a picture, and sometimes, like I say, the breath of God, I'm seeing this thing, it's not quite clear, but I think it's right. This is the place where you can do it. And if it's wrong, we'll bring correction and we'll try and say, no, okay, the best thing, whisper it in my ear, and we'll say, okay, when you do that, 
What's hilarious, by the way, if you're ever leaving the meeting, and, and there's some people in this church, just to be warned, I'll do a pick on you, who you go up and go, okay, when you get up there, just say that. And they go up there and nothing you told them. Especially when you say you've got about two minutes, and then three minutes later, four minutes later, five. But, but that's, that's supposed to be because you feel safe amongst this community to do this stuff. And so I'm expecting next Sunday, which I was leading the meeting, for there to be more people saying, you know what, because of my investment in this week, because I have listened to what Tom brought, okay, not every day, but I managed to, and I, I want to bring something. That's what the Spirit wants to do, bring something, and we will deal with it. Do you want to be in a church that builds you up, that builds itself up, that encourages and consoles? Or not? <laughs> if the answer is no, you're just weird. <laughs> I want to be the church that encourages, that consoles, that builds yeah. each individual up yeah. and builds me up and builds. That's what the church I want to be in. That's the one I want to be in. And that's what it says. So if so, eagerly desire to bring it. Yeah. To bring it. What I'm hoping for on a Sunday is that you guys feel that, you know what, I'm not, not in a pressured, condemning way, but certainly in a convicting way. I would love to see more things being on a side that's kind of more life. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. Bring it, guys. It's, it's being poured out. Bring it. Fruits, gifts of the Spirit are not received on a Sunday. They are brought. They are not to be received on a Sunday or your midweek group or any session you get yourself in. They're not to go to receive. You go to bring. Sometimes you need to go somewhere because you feel like, you know, it helps me to get filled. And there is many stories in the church and over history, the history of the church of like God pouring out something in particular places. And again, some are controversial, some are not Pensacola, and places like that where things were happening. There was a, a point, but then it stopped. Why is it not still going on in places like that? I'm sure there's a remnant of it, but why is it not still? Why are we all like going to Pensacola to get the Holy Spirit because it's over there? Where was the other place? Airport somewhere. Well, because there's moments I believe that God says, right, right now I'm just going to show you as I pour it out. But I'm going to pull back because this isn't where it is. It's right here in Westfield. Yeah. It's right here, right now. Mm-hmm. So to go to get the Spirit, and often people come back to their, which is the right thing, they'll come back to their church and encourage, but they're kind of playing off after a while. They say, well, can we go back again and get some more? I think that's an attitude of mine. Anyway, Terry Virgo. Uh, so I asked Terry Virgo, I'm going to quote. Terry Virgo quotes um, Martin Lloyd Jones. Um, I do a pretty good Martin Lloyd Jones impression. I won't do it because it's, it's, it's too distracting. Yeah, he talks like this. He gives his hands, yeah, like this. Really? Is he battering? Oh, no. He um, can't read that, so I'll read it out to you. Um, but this is what Lloyd-Jones described the New Testament church. And I want to use, I'm reading this, to, to use Lloyd-Jones to cast a picture. I mean, this morning was good. It was a good morning. And I would go home thinking, that was a good morning. Um, but some mornings here are flat as a pancake. <laughs> oh, shall I say something? You know, perfectly mm-hmm. kind. You know, some mornings I go home thinking, this is just such a difficult morning. It's not because the morning was run badly. It's not what I believe. I would include myself in this because I didn't bring. I didn't bring anything. I didn't bring something. Let's, let's, let me read you Lloyd-Jones, and you picture this right here in this room. Here is a gathering of men and women who are filled with the Spirit of God. 
And each one of them has got something. One a psalm, one a doctrine, one a revelation, one an interpretation, one a tongue. When one gave his contribution, the others rejoiced, and they praised God together. And they were all in a state of great joy and glory and happiness. Our danger is that we tend to judge and think of the New Testament meetings with which we are familiar in our days. Here is joy. Here is inspiration. Here is illumination. Here is something that is given by the power and the work of the Spirit. The whole atmosphere in the early church was charged with the Spirit, and they expressed that in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and so on, etc. The really important question for us to face, are we like the early church? Are we like the early Christians, rejoicing and praising God, filled with gladness and joy, so that we amaze the world and make them think at times that we are filled with new wine? Let us avoid all excesses, let everything be done decently and in order, but above all, quench not the Spirit, rather be filled with the Spirit and give evidence of the fact that you are. Amen. 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 My encouragement as we go into 2020 and the years that will follow is to desire the gifts for the common good. Desire that this church will be amazing because you, I had a picture by the way, pictures are going a lot today, of a swimming pool this morning when I was getting ready. It's a paddling pool, a fairly big one. And some people had a hose. Fantastic. Because that's where they were in life. I'm full of pounds, hose. Others were bringing pretty big buckets and going, yeah, where I am right now, I'm there. Some people were bringing their cup. That's all I got. I've got a cup right now, but I'm going to give it. That's where I am. I'm just not full of it. I'm struggling a bit, but I'm going to. I'm going to at least bring my egg cups worth of water into this thing. Because ultimately it's all come together. And there'll be a day when I'm, I've got a hose. But I'm going to at least bring my egg cup. Which maybe you just stand there for Sunday and say, Jesus is good! And sitting back down again. <coughs> you may be coming up and doing what Sue says, say, I had a rough, rough time. Really I've been naughty. That's, that's a moment. That's, that's her contribution to this morning. And it was powerful and effective. As I said at the beginning, well, as was said, I think this works. Sorry, I'll just go back a little bit. As was said by um, Tom, you know, I worry that some people come to church for a buzz. And if you don't get a buzz, church ain't working. I think you're supposed to bring the buzz, not come to get one. So I asked God when I was preparing to preach this week, because I've really struggled to figure out quite what to do. Because this isn't one of the ones where um, I've got a scripture to go and study and then I've suggested you know, explore it, as it were, with you in front of you. So I ask God, look, I want to speak on people feeling freer to step out in the Holy Spirit. And then someone spoke to me, that guy earlier on, and then it kind of rippled through the week. And then it came to Friday and God said, well, then no notes. The first time I've ever preached in no notes. No long handwritten out, sorry for Jeff Trout, and I always give my notes to you so you can read them. There's no notes this week. I'm not saying that's how I always do it. But for me, it was nerve-wracking. Because my safety rails, the fact I'm a good presenter, so therefore I always have prepared notes when I go off to do these leadership talks. Here I went on a Sunday, all I've got is some, that's not much for me, some scribbles and a lot of colourful stuff. To remind me of things that I felt God was saying and to reference things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing this egotistically, I'm saying that was a step out of faith for me as well. I'm standing in front of 100 people with no safety wheels on. 
because I want I wanted to say that God said, oh, God was always saying that before, I don't test any of this. You prepare, you read, you study, you pray, and see what I do. Amen. I'm hoping it was okay. Amen. See what I can do if you let go of the controls. Now, this is something I want to also bring. It came from the Andrew Wilson speech. He was our um, talk, talk. I said, could I talk? Andrew Wilson's preach uh, on this subject. He gave this picture, and it just came to me uh, when I was prepping as well. Um, he talked about the Holy Spirit is moving, and the breath of God is breathing upon us. This idea of thinking like you're in a sailing boat. And as you're trying to pick up the breath of God to move you forward, you don't just let go of the controls and go, all right, go on then, because you'll go all over the place. Yeah. You bring what God has to say, all right, I'm trying to just feel where you're going. I just want to feel where you're going. So I'm, I'm going to be part of this. I'm not just going to abandon all, all, all preparation. I'm not going to turn up and say, I'm not even going to read the Bible. I'm that confident. I ain't going to read any books. I'm just turn up and go, go on then. <laughs> That's like letting your hands off the sun and going, all right, then go. It's like, it'll be chaos. It'll be all over the shop. So I believe God says, no, invest uh, yeah. in me yeah. and then trust in me. Yeah. And pray that when I come on a yeah. Sunday, yeah. you're going to give me something. Yeah. Don't be disappointed if he doesn't. Yeah. But eagerly desire that he does for the sake of the body. struggle with some of the stuff I said because I had no I didn't spend nine times saying is that quite the right word so yes there's a bit of risk I might have said something slightly wrong who knows but hopefully you can hear my heart and you can hear what God's saying because he's saying it to you individually and you visiting too Don, Simeon mate God wants to speak to you today hopefully he has people are passing through because they're with us for a day or two it's not a coincidence you're here God wants to kind of speak to you and say come on there's much more available to you. Um, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, but I want to give an offer of prayer. I needed prayer to, to make sure I was okay for today. Um, you should ask for prayer too. To, make, to say, look, that's what I do want. I do want the Spirit to be active in me. I do want it, but I've got some struggles. Be truthful. Of course you do. I was nervous about this morning. I have struggles here with my walk because I'm not sure if I know the Bible well enough. I'm never, never, never sure if I've got it quite right. And I'm saying, no, I know you've got trouble. Pray, let me help you. Yeah. So there's an offer. There's a prayer ministry team here today. I hope they're busy. Mm. I hope they're busy. Because mm -hmm. you're going to say, yeah, I want that. Help, no, help me now to unblock whatever blocks me, to get over fear, to be more bold. <coughs> it says the Spirit will give you boldness. You've not got in us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of boldness. Therefore, we yeah. sometimes have to ask him, well, I want to be like that, but I'm nervous. <coughs> pray for that help. Ask someone to pray with you. Amen? Amen. I'll pray over us as a church, but that's not, you know, that's not blanket praying. And I think God wants to steal you from the ditches. So the prayer ministry team will be over there. I'll go and join them. Please do come and, and join us um, if you want to be prayed for. So let me pray for us as a church. Do you mind standing? If you want to stand, I think we're happy. If you want to be back, um, come on, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Father God, for um, hopefully the conviction that's come this morning. Certainly, I could just stand here alone and thank you for the conviction you laid on my heart. What is it I'm desiring to see in the church 
And then the question of, well, if I look at my Bible, if I look at what happened in the interim, that was what they were bringing. Who were they? They were us. We are they. The church is right here, stood up in front of us, and we want to bring it. And I just pray for us as a body, whatever hinders us, whether it's just nervousness, fear of performance, kind of worry that I might say the wrong thing. Father, I pray that would just be dispelled, the work of the enemy, to dispel it this morning. Let's just kick it out of the room. And let's have far more freedom and confidence. But it comes from a time of investment. It's not just, I don't read the Bible, I don't pray, but on Sunday I hope I get something. No, that will cause us to kind of bring messy stuff that didn't make any sense. We want to, we want to be the people that actually does invest, does seek you out during the week, does do brush our teeth daily. So coming on a Sunday, we've, we've got things because we, we're ready, because something has been said in the week because we prayed it through or we saw it in Scripture. And I pray there's a sense of safety amongst us as a body right now. This is where I can bring things. This is where I can explore and press in on the Holy Spirit. It's a safe place to do it. This isn't a place of judgment or condemnation. This is a community gathered together, looking to glorify you, to sing praises to you, to declare your goodness, and to see you work in us, that you might be manifest in us. And if it's a bit chaotic, so be it. There's enough guidance in the Bible to, to tell us how to kind of keep that chaos just just right so that we're kind of free but we're just not lost control we pr i pray for that problem i pray for that problem that we would need to say okay guys look, we're just going to have three prophetic voices we can't have 19. it's fine with the three we, we're good with that i just pray we have that but that only comes because we have decided all right i'm investing in my journey with you that I might bring some encouragement to the building up of the body of Christ. And if that's going on, I when I'm down, I receive. When I'm up, I give. And if we're all doing it, we're all good. So would you empower us to do that, Holy Spirit? Peer present, you always are being poured out. Anything that's stopping us from moving that, we pray that you reveal it to us, and by your grace and mercy it will be removed. So we will be free and free indeed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.